0: Heroes, highlights, and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour.
1: Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell, our 3H's podcast, Hero, Highlight and Hardship. Boys, haven't we had some wonderful guests over the last couple of months? Incredible. And this bloke is right up there, Danny Green, a great friend of our show and obviously world champion boxer and Aussie hero. Danny, thanks so much for being on the 3H's podcast.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, lads.
1: Mate, of course. Now let's start the ball rolling with a hero, mate. Is there a hero in the ring outside of the ring that you want to talk about that made such a massive uh, change and difference in your life?
2: Yeah, without doubt. And um it's been it's been he's been my hero for, for quite some time and he's no longer with, with me, but uh it's my father. Mm. You know, my father's my hero without doubt and and, and I, I, I kind of identified that from a young age. I've I remember going when I was 15, 16, I'd be out and about and going home and I'd do something, whether it was fun or stupid or crazy or whatever. <laughs> you know, the old man would be sitting in his bed at night reading a book and I'd head in there on a Monday night and go, you know, whatever even though it was, I was always in there having a chat to him. And I remember it vividly. It takes me back and it, and it reminds me of what I do with my son now. And I would just chat and talk and I just always wanted to impress this man. Not impress him, but I wanted to I – w- I want – it's kind of hard, you know, as a son, you want your father's recognition. You want his adulation, his respect, yeah. his love. Yeah. And because he put so much time into us kids, I was very, very fortunate to have a mother and father that, you know, that put so much time into us. And as we know, as as, as older guys now, with our own children. That's all kids want is time. And, yeah, dad was my hero. He um, he was my biggest supporter. Um, he always backed me. He, he, he pulled me up when I needed to, um, you know, give me a clip when I needed to. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I just never, ever wanted to disappoint him, although I did many times um, when I was younger in my youth. Um, you know, he was always there for me. And um, he was a great mentor. He was a great role model. He, he looked out for my mates. He showed me how to be a good mate. Um, he, he just taught me so many great values. He was very old school. He was a farmer back in the day. They come from the bush. And um, he didn't say a lot, but when he spoke, I listened. And without doubt, yeah, I get a bit emotional. When I talk about mm. my man because um, I wear his ashes around my neck, as all of us kids do. And I, I loved him dearly, and still love him, and miss him to bits. And without doubt, he was my hero. Wow. Danny, do you find Beautiful. some of
0: that, like your parenting sort of approaches, you know, draw from, you know, his his influence on you?
2: Yeah, exactly, buddy. I, um, you know, I I, I I take a lot from how I was raised, and try and instill those same firm values mm. in my kids. And my children, you know, was around my father, so he had a great impact and influence on their life as well. And we still talk about him. He had great hair for so long. Yeah. He wasn't even called by his name. Mal was snowy. And um, <laughs> it was a bit of a legend because he was, he was a football coach for a long time and he was one of those dads who, you, you know, no one knew it, but he'd go and pick up the kid after school from his home and drop back after training who didn't have a father, who was going through a lot of trouble. He, he looked out for so many young blokes. Mm. And to this day, so many people come up to me and say, you don't know this, but your old man did so much for me when I was a young man. He changed the outlook. He changed the direction my life was taking, and that makes me so bloody proud. Yeah, mm. beautiful.
0: Danny, how did you get involved in boxing?
2: Uh, my father. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was my dad. He, he used to take me down the pub. He, he wasn't a fighter himself, but, you know, he used to fancy himself, um, you know, back in the day, in the, I think um, after a few tins, uh, out in the Westonia pub, out in the Wheatbelt. <laughs> um, he never went looking for it, but I, I don't think he, he shied away. But, uh, you know, I love boxing, and I remember watching my first world title my first mm-hmm. boxing fight, I was propped up at the bars in my pajamas. I was 12 years old when Fennig won his first world title against Satoshi Shingaki. And um, I remember thinking to myself, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And, yeah, he he got me involved. His close friend, um, who was still close with me now, was my first boxing trainer. He got me involved with him. And when I had my first session with this man, I never looked back. And, yeah, my father, again, um, changed the direction my life was taking by introducing me to a sport that we both loved.
0: Danny, tell us some of the highlights. You've had such a glittering career in the boxing ring. Tell us what that big highlight of your career has been.
2: Oh, geez, I had so many, so many magical moments. <sighs> um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, think, I think the highlight was just before I'd be walking out to the fights, yeah. just the anticipation and the, and the rumbling and the bows of the stadium when I'm about to walk out. And knowing that I had so much genuine support in that crowd that absolutely wanted to see me win. And then we'd come out and you'd be there and be waiting. And then the crowd would get a glimpse. They'd go, oh, there's the fighter there. There's green there. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the stadium would just kind of light up and lift. And it was the buzz. And it was just unbelievable. <laughs> so there's many fights that I've had that I can talk about. But I think the highlights is that ring entrance when you're walking out to the ring and I've never, ever felt more alive in my life.
0: Is that the adrenaline rush that is the biggest missing piece that for you now, like and and why we see boxers quite often come back to the ring? Is that that like thing you wish you could just tap into your veins?
2: Yeah, without doubt, you know it's it's that's the drug, you know I don't drink anymore, so I give that away. <laughs> um you know my my drug is the ocean and and I surf a lot, mm-hmm. i I relocated to the southwest down the mug River and I live to surf, and I get the adrenaline now by pushing my limits in the big waves and, the, and, and just, you know, trying to progress in my surfing and, and get that rush and get that thrill from riding bigger waves. That's the thrill that I get now. But, you know, boys, when you played the games, you guys played at the highest level. And, and the rush that you guys had when you walked out into the stadiums and into the grounds, it's like, you know, you can't beat it. Yeah. And I can't replace it, but I was smart enough, and my dad was, you know, we spoke about it often, I was also smart enough to know that, This cannot last forever. Mm. And I was very – and people go, do you miss it? And I go, yeah, yeah, of course I do. But I'm also very, very appreciative and grateful that I was actually able to experience something that not many people get to experience. And I worked my ass off to get those experiences, but I was also blessed to identify that I had a gift early on with fighting and I was good at it and I loved it and it wasn't wasn't even hard work for me. So, yeah, I think um, that thrill, um, you can't replace, but you've got to be intelligent enough to realize you can't have it forever.
0: I think one of the great things in Australian sport, we love heroes and villains, and obviously you're obviously an Aussie hero. And when you think about down under, it's, you know, it's played with you. But you and Anthony Mundine, that era, you know, just it was people were mostly team green and then people were Mundine. But, like, how did that go? lot like, you guys changed the, the boxing game in Australia. Do you take it personally? Nah,
2: Del, nah, man, I, I, I don't take it personally. i got a lot of love for chalk. And, um, you know, I never had that. Oh, sorry. I, I always had respect. And, yep. you know, again, my father played footy in the bull. You know, he raised me knowing, you know, who the traditional owners of this land are, and they're blackfellas. We're whitefellas. We're different. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And 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 this society going to tell me I can't call someone a fellow when I'm called a whitefella? Don't me what to do. Yeah. It's it's I, I say it with the utmost respect. Mm. And so, you know, Chock and I had this mad rivalry, mm. but it was never really personal. It was never racial. I think the media spun a lot of it. And Chock said some things that were kind of a bit, bit off tap and a bit probably yeah. you know outlandish, mm. but. Oh, I never took any personally. All I care about is that I'm a better fighter than Chuck. And mm. he'll go to his grave saying the same thing, and that's where the, the genuine rivalry comes in. You can't fabricate what we did and what we had. We kind of dominated for, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years in the pay-per-views. Um, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a crazy run. And the first fight we had, it's the highest grossing pay-per-view of all time. Wow. I don't think that's ever going to get touched. And the second one is myself and Roy Jones, and the third one's myself and Chuck's rematch. And they still standing in those records, and so, yeah, it was a crazy run. And Chuck and I have, you know, seen each other in the past, and we have a lot of love and genuine respect for each other as athletes, as fighters, and as men. He's a, as a strong man. He was a premiership player in NRL, which is an in, incredibly one of the toughest games in the world. And then he crossed over to an, another incredibly tough sport and became a world champion. In that how can you fault this bloke? And doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs, doesn't smoke. You know, he's a good role model for his people, good role model for anyone. Apart from, I guess, he probably probably shoots himself in the foot a bit with Mm. what he says and how he says it. Yeah. I don't think Jock's delivery is the best, but his intent isn't always bad. Like, he's, you know, he's a humble dude and, you know, we're different cats, but I have a lot of respect for the man. I know he has a lot of respect for me and, you know, we'll go to our graves without rivalry, and it's real. And that's, I think, why it was was so contentious in the community because he had this, you know, this outlandish fella saying some crazy things and I was, you know, a bit more mellow uh, or not mellow, but I was, you know, I wasn't as, as... I was vocal, but I I wasn't a wood duck either. I wasn't going to take shit. <laughs> and um, so, you know, it was what it was. It was a mad run, and I'm very grateful to have been one half of that. And, you know, I think – if I've still got my marbles in 20 years time and I'm still around in 20 years time, I'll look back and go wow, that was that was pretty incredible what we did.
1: Yeah, I think you summed it up beautifully, mate. Yeah. I mean, we've had some wonderful moments here on Triple M. Mm. Remember the fight we had up on top of the roof oh, before I, you you yeah. fought at the Sydney <laughs> Entertainment Centre? I remember Greeny got me in nice and tight. Matty John's in one corner, MG's in the other. MG was meant to be my trainer, yeah. but he wasn't He wasn't training me very well. <laughs> yeah. But um, Greeny just got me in the corner and said, Gussie, I've got to give you a couple of punches here, so just okay. get ready for it. Yeah. I said, yeah, righto. And he just gave me a little halfer yeah, mate. oh mate, knock me off the socks <laughs> and then he dragged me and he gave me one on the other side he said to make sure the balance the pain out oh, <laughs> yeah. um yeah so we've always loved you mate here what about a hardship greenie because i think you summed up that mundane green yeah, jewel beautifully yeah. then mate that was so nicely put what about a hardship for you mate i know we all go you can't get to 50 without having some stuff go wrong any hardship you can tell us
2: oh look Lads, yeah, everyone has hardships and, and they have their ups and downs. And it's, you know, cliched saying, you know, it's how you bounce back, how you get up off the canvas, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I generally don't go into hardships or, or my personal stuff in too much detail. So I'll probably just keep it pretty bland and boring. But the hardships I had for my career mm. um, through boxing was, you know, I, had, uh, you know I, was, I was robbed of a world title. Um, absolutely point blank robbed of a, of a WBC super middleweight world title in Germany. That was, that was difficult to, to deal with at the time. But um, then I, I put it in perspective straight away. Um, within two weeks, really, a week or two, I flew back to Sydney. My daughter agreed me at the airport. She was one and a half back then, Chloe. I had a roof over my head. I had food on the table. My child was healthy. I was healthy. My missus was healthy. My family were healthy. I lived in a great country in Australia. I really had nothing to complain about. So I really got over that hardship real quick. But the main hardships has been physical injuries, dealing with some pretty crippling injuries um, that I've still got and I've carried through my whole career. Like I, I broke my hand really badly in the Olympics against the eventual gold medalist, Alexander Lebzyak. Um in my second fight up, I hit him with a shot that should have knocked my most decent fighters out, and he just kind of wobbled his head and looked at me like I've just pissed him off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I broke two bones in my hand, and I carried that through my whole career, and it's shocking you see it today. It's like people go, what the hell is that? It's like an egg growing off my hand. But as I had to carry that through my whole career. I had multiple, you know, broken noses and fractured eye sockets, full mm-hmm. with fractured eye socket, fractured wow. jaw, fractured nose, Broken ribs, I had two broken bones in my back, and I just was in a lot of pain. So mm. I was in—I think the hardship would be—I was in a lot of pain for a, a good twenty years, uh, in constant pain daily, in day in day out. But as you know, um fellas, if you love what you're doing, or well, for me personally, it didn't really hurt. Mm. It was like I wore it as a badge of honour. I was like, "Fuck, I'll do anything to make this pain go away." Mm. But I don't care if it doesn't, because I'm—I'm a fighter, and this is what I signed up for, and this is what I love, and. So when I get a busted nose and a cut eye and a black eye and a fat lip, I'd be like, yeah, I feel good. This is this is what I want to do. This is who I am. I love this shit. Mm.
0: And Danny, I mean, just you back to that uh, Germany where you did lose, like, did uh, be robbed of a, a world title. I mean, is there just anger towards the sport? Is it anger towards the judges? What are you like during that two-week period where you, you said you had to sort of come to grips with it and then, you know, you realize you have got, you know, wonderful family and everyone around you?
2: Yeah, it's, it was kind of a bit of a state of shock, mm. a disbelief. And then uh, as time goes on, you get clarity and you get a bit of wisdom. And so now I always try and look for the silver lining. It's the only thing you can do when you've been you know, put down. And so I look at the silver lining and go, well, if I had won that fight against Bayer, people would have gone, oh, yeah, this 16-0 fight, all KOs, no one really knows he's gone over and beat the WBC world champion in his hometown, two-time champ Bayer was. Um, yeah, well done. But then I would have been promoted by the German outfit for the next four fights. And who knows what would have happened because that was a deal we, we, that was done for us back then. Mm. But having been disqualified under ridiculous circumstances and dropped him round one, dropped him round two, cut him bad round two, chopped him up for the rest of the fight and then got disqualified in a ridiculously corrupt decision, the whole boxing world stood up and took notice. And so that put me on the map. Mm. And then he retired after that and they put the title up for myself and the former champion who Bayer beat, before that, in controversial circumstances, again, Eric Luca, a two-time champ. So I then went to Montreal after that and won the title and put Luca away in the sixth round, and that was it. So I got the title in my next fight, regardless. Mm. But it put me on the map. So I always try and look for a, a – not a positive, but something that something that I can take away from this. Mm. I say to my son, you know, like he, he he wants to fight, and 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 I don't want him to, but he's going towards that direction. He's mm. he's very good, and he's very dedicated and and he's a, and he's a, he's a He's a hard little, tough little bugger, he's, but he's also beautiful and sensitive and soft, which I love. But um, I tell him, you know, the moment he can't run, and he can't do things because he's growing, he's got these growing pains and this, I can't remember the word, but in both his knees and his knuckles, he hasn't developed into him. So we going to change up for the next six months. What we do, I said, don't look at it, they'll be down the dumps. Let's work on different things. Let's work yeah. on strengthening up this part of your body. Let's get in the bars and let's just get strong. Let's get gorilla strength. So when you do come back, you know, you're going to be a machine. So, and he's like, yeah, okay, cool, I get it. So, you got to try and always flip things on and look at the positive yeah. side. Oh, we love, love it, Danny. We, yeah,
1: Danny. we could talk to you all day, mate. We really appreciate your time so much. Thanks for being on the Three H's podcast with us, brother. And all the very best to you and the yeah. family in the lead up to Christmas, champ.
2: Appreciate it, lads, and everyone out there. You know, I wish everyone all the best. It's very tough times at the moment, so yeah. you know, I, mm. I just think of everyone and hope everyone's okay. And to you, boys. Um, You've always been so supportive and so great to me. So thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. Let's come right back at you. The green
1: machine there, Danny Green. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell.